Hi, I'm Georgina Hudson from GeorginaHudson.net. This podcast has been created to support you in your path of self-awareness and well-being and to draw a roadmap together to align mind and heart. Today we are going to talk about self-compassion. I love this topic. It's going to help you calm down and regulate your emotions in difficult times. It's a tool that's going to radically change your life. I can guarantee because that happened to me and if it happened to me it can happen to you too. For more information about what I do and about me you can visit my website on georginahudson.net or my Instagram account georginahudson.coach. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, people? How are you today? And this week, I want to talk more extensively about self-compassion because I had several interactions with clients who have asked me to take a deep dive into the subject in the podcast because they used to associate it with feeling sorry for themselves. And now that they have been practicing it, it's changing their lives for the better. And I think the best thing and the best way, sorry, to start is by defining compassion. So compassion involves noticing and feeling moved by other people's suffering. It also encompasses the need to help the person who's having a hard time. And to give you a very concrete example, every time I get out of the supermarket, there is a lady asking for help. And I feel touched when I see She's so alone, sitting there, she's so invisible, and yet she keeps smiling while we get out of the supermarket carrying these huge shopping bags. What I feel for her is compassion. There is something inside me that calls to help that lady. And in response to what I feel, I greet her warmly and I give her something I have bought, sometimes I am moving so fast that at least I stop for a second and say, hey, hello, how are you doing? You know, and we have an exchange of words. So self-compassion is the same towards oneself. Self-compassion is treating ourselves with that kindness and understanding. And it is not easy. It seems simple, but it is not. It is much easier to be kind and understanding with others than with ourselves. To be honest, in reality, our tendency is to treat ourselves badly, to complain and to criticize ourselves when we make a mistake or when things are not working out as we have expected. And I'm not only referring to the dialogue in our heads, to what we say to ourselves, but also how we feel about ourselves, that we are a failure, that we are not enough, that we don't have what it takes, blah, blah, blah. So all those feelings that make us suffer. That is why it's so important to start practicing self-compassion. I'm going to give you an example of self-compassion in action. I've got this client who is a very practical man. He's a high achiever. And he told me that he cannot bear to feel at risk of being exposed if he's wrong. Imagine, imagine how much he has to juggle in order to be able to meet every deadline, to meet everybody's expectations and you know he works hard to hide what he perceives as his weaknesses and here I am you know uh, making like a sign like inverted commas because I don't see those as weaknesses Um, he's a wonderful sensitive person but he plays superman and it's a character that is very difficult to sustain and that stresses him out So 
He finds it really hard to set boundaries, for example. He's afraid of disappointing others, but he doesn't do it because like, oh, I don't want to disappoint you. Yes, yes, yes. No, he's like a very strong man, you know. Yes, I can do it. Uh, give it to me. I can take it on, blah, blah, blah. His levels of perfectionism are insane. And he's very harsh with himself if things don't turn out the way he has planned. We have talked a lot about his upbringing and all the interactions as a child, he had as a child, and how those interactions have influenced the way he feels about himself today. And we've also agreed about something that he's already doing. He's got very clear goals and he always does his best. To be honest with you, he does more than his best. He's killing himself uh, in the race, you know. But okay, good. Let's validate that, you know. He knows where he's going and he always gives his very best, maybe more than best. And this is the problem. There is an excess of pushing and trying and giving. But we we have also agreed that in all this process, it is just as important to practice self-compassion along the way. And to that aim, the first thing we can do is recognize and validate what we feel. You know, I cannot set boundaries because I'm afraid I'm going to disappoint people or people are going to think that I'm not good enough and I need to prove to people that I am excellent enough, you know. And, uh, you know, I do more than it's required of me instead of wearing one or two hats, tops, I'm wearing like four or five because I feel people like me better and they think that I am very important, but at the same time, I'm so stressed out and burnt out. I, I am suffering here. So the first thing we need to do is validate. Never, never reproach anything to us because that is like going to make this a snowball. And then... We're invited to treat ourselves with the same care and the same love that somebody we love uh, would give us in our situation. Or the other way around, the same love and care we would offer to someone we love deeply. And self-compassion can help us to make a radical change inside ourselves because it's going to make our inner life our refuge. And having been very harsh on myself, you know, when I was young, like in my early 20s, but a little bit before when I started um, university, especially, uh, I was very the opposite of self-compassionate. Um, I criticized myself harshly for every mistake I made and I didn't find any inner peace. I, I, I could not even sleep properly, you know, and I was doing exactly the opposite of what was necessary for me to heal, but I didn't have any guidance, I didn't have any North Star, I didn't have, you know, I did go to therapy, but self-compassion was, wasn't even something people talked about, you know, so it wasn't until I started practicing self-compassion that I began to feel that my inner life was a place where I could take refuge in my meditations, in my contemplation, in my prayers, you know. So think about all the times that your inner voice lashes out at you because something didn't go well or because you said something that you later regretted. 
What inner peace is there? No inner peace at all. It's a place of frustration, of sadness, of anxiety, of worry. And that way of living is not sustainable at all because it completely deregulates us emotionally. And it's a shame that no one teaches us about self-compassion when we are kids. And I'm not sure self-compassion is something that is taught to kids now, or at least at least it's not mainstream. On the contrary, we're likely punished with both grades and comments when we do not pass academic or life exams. Think of a child. Imagine a very young child who has problems with the subject. And although he has dedicated a lot of time to it, he has sat down and he has, tr- he has tried, he goes to school and he fails his test. When his teacher hands out the test or gives back the test to him, she says, oh, try harder, apply more, you know, do something about it, shake off a little. So he feels like a loser and he returns home crying. And he tells his parents and his parents start yelling at him. How come? You never study. That's why you are lazy. Have you really studied or have you been playing with your computer games? And, you know, so what is the boy going to fail? And sometimes parents say things like, we're not going to accept a fail in the future. Do something about it, you know? Similar to the teacher. What the child will develop is an inner critical attitude in the face of life's natural setbacks, you know? What we really need is to pause, calm down, and feel that it is human to make mistakes and that we are going to use that as learning and from that place take positive action with discernment. And I know that many of you might be saying to yourself, oh no, you know, I don't want to feel sorry for myself. Isn't that self-abandoning? So let's talk about what self-compassion is not. It has nothing to do with feeling sorry for oneself or feeling like a victim of our circumstances. On the contrary, self-compassion is a tool to soothe us, to accept what is happening and to take responsibility as to how to continue with the new learning but from a place where we feel relaxed. Even if we feel in pain, but we don't feel like we are whipping ourselves, you know? It's not self-abandonment or throwing in the towel. You know, it's not like eating 1,000 cookies to calm yourself down. No. When we are self-compassionate, we understand that there are hard times and challenges to overcome. We have a flexible growth mindset. We know that mistakes are part of life, that not everybody's going to like us, that we need to set boundaries, that perfection doesn't exist, but we have to give our best and then let go, you know. And from that place of acceptance, we commit ourselves to evolve and to live a better life, you know. And the other thing that people have told me in our sessions is, Isn't that boosting your ego, you know? Isn't that feeling superior to others? No, no, period. Self-compassion has nothing to do with comparing ourselves to others or being externally validated, so to speak. It's got all to do with looking within, with tenderness and understanding. It's saying, okay, I can see you're suffering, you know? You have 
you haven't passed the exam, your teacher has treated you as if you haven't studied anything or as if you are always lazy, your parents don't trust that you have been trying hard and this hurts because these people are important in your life. And it is like, ouch, I don't know what to do with all this pain. So what I'm going to do is to breathe in, to breathe out, to take some time out. And then I'm going to see how I'm going to do better next time. Because I'm committed to that. The pioneer on this topic was Dr. Kristin Neff. Uh, she's fantastic. She's a researcher, writer, and teacher at the University of Houston. And um, she explains what self-compassion is super extensively in her book entitled Self-Compassion. So it's easy. Self-Compassion by Dr. Kristin Neff. And I had the blessing of studying with her at the University of California, Berkeley, and delving into this crucial topic to have a better quality of life. And to be honest with you, I remember, you know, she was talking about self-compassion. And to me, the concept was so alien. It was so different from anything I had heard before. You know, I, I was used to whipping myself to move forward, you know, to move along my path. I, I was used to pushing and mistreating me if I made a mistake and, you know, a little bit like having like a military person inside my head that was always like mistreating me to, to move, like, you know, kicking me. Like this reminds me of the donkey, you know, with the carrot or some somebody whipping the donkey from behind. I was, I had the impression that I had to be like whipped <laughs> from behind. And when she started talking, I felt that everything resonated with me. So I'm sure you're going to love the practice of self-compassion. And I hope you can start little by little. If I could do it, you can do it too. And if it has helped so many of my clients and myself, it can help you too. So let's talk about four practical ways of practicing self-compassion. So first, give yourself time and space to accept what you feel, to accept your emotions and your thoughts. And it sometimes helps to put a hand on our heart and take a deep breath and send that breath and that air to our heart, to our chest, to that place that is usually contracted because it's hurting. And you can practice saying to yourself things like, I know it is difficult. I can feel how I'm suffering right now. But I know also I'm going to get out of this situation. I need to chill, chill out a little. You know, I need to calm down first. Number two, you can rephrase what you are saying to yourself. I think this is the easiest way to start um, practicing self-compassion. If you are like I used to be, and I'm not saying that I'm always self-compassionate, mind you. <laughs> Sometimes uh, I fall into a trap of being super critical of myself too, but I try, I try to be as self-compassionate as I can. So uh, if you find that you are being hard on yourself, acknowledge it. Don't judge yourself because that's going to make the situation snowball. And then think about what the wisest and kindest person would say to you if they saw you treating yourself like that. Or if they heard you saying to yourself the things you are telling yourself. 
So maybe you are saying to yourself, oh no, I'm such a loser. You know, I arrived late at the meeting and now everybody's looking at me as if I had been lazy and I didn't set the alarm clock. And, you know, it's true. I could have done this. I could have done that. And, you know, I can't believe they are looking at me in a way that makes me feel so small, you know. Instead of doing that, when you catch yourself treating yourself so harshly, you could say, okay, this is not nice. I feel uncomfortable. Everybody's looking at me and it hurts. I know I can arrive on time next time, but right now I need to accept what has happened. I have every tool in my power to arrive early next time. But today I need to swallow this and move on. Number three, practice a daily self-compassion meditation. There are tons of them. I'm thinking about whether I have ever recorded a self-compassion meditation and I don't think so. It doesn't have to be long. It can be five minutes long or, you know, four or five minutes long. And those meditations that are available on YouTube and even on Dr. Christine Neff's um, webpage, um, there are more meditations on different apps that are free uh, and that are beautiful to practice self-compassion. Those meditations are going to help you rewire your brain and the relationship you have with yourself. So I really recommend that, you know, and I'm going to try to record a self-compassion meditation for all the listeners. And number four, journal. And this is something that I was so resistant of doing. You know, I used to keep a journal when I was a little girl and a pre-adolescent, but then at adolescence I left it. And because I love writing so much, you know, I usually write so, so much that I don't want to sit down and continue writing. But then, you know, I was talking to my therapist and my coach and she suggested I could write for four or five minutes and, you know, set a timer because it's true. I was writing like maybe when I started to journal, I ended up writing for 30 minutes and then the following day I was like, oh no, 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 I don't have time to write so much. So four to five minutes when you're having your coffee in the morning, cup of tea or before going to bed, think about the situation that has triggered you and what your automatic reaction was. So for example, I arrived late at the meeting and everybody was looking at me as if I, and my reaction was like wanting to fly away or to hide because I felt like such a loser. So once you are aware of this, write down all the alternative ways you could use to respond to your hot buttons with self-compassion. So I don't like I don't like it when people look at me when I arrive at a meeting. Um, so it's hard because I compare myself with all the other people who I assume have been very punctual. And I feel like I'm behind on things and they are going to think I'm not mature enough, blah, blah, blah. I'm inventing, I'm making this up. So this is like, ouch, it hurts, but it's enough. I'm not going to whip myself anymore. And I'm going to do everything in my power to arrive on time from this moment on. 
So self-compassion is an act of responsibility and a commitment as the adults that we are in order to break patterns that have harmed us and in order to evolve too. And of course, self-compassion takes dedication, it takes time and it takes patience. We don't become self-compassionate overnight. But one day at a time with these practices, you can transform your life for the better. If I could do it, you can do it too. I can promise you. So I hope this post has helped you. If it's reminded you of someone who could benefit from it, forward this to that person and invite that person to subscribe. We also appreciate your recommendation on any of the platforms that you are listening to us because this motivates us to continue offering this free material with this regularity and we are super 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 happy we are over the moon because we are growing in numbers in a way that we never imagined but we want to reach even more people we want to help more people because that is the dream behind our podcast so i'm sending you a big hug i'm going to continue talking to you in 15 days time or 14 days time bye bye